right, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the Disaster Dads. Thanks a lot for joining us here. Um, we are glad to be able to share uh, our points of view with you and to talk about disasters and uh, kind of how we deal with it. And how they go and earthquakes and all these great things. Um, but as you know, if you're a solid listener of ours and if you're listening today, the day that this is being dropped is election day in the United States. Not that I'm thinking too many of our listeners are outside of the United States, but it is election day here, so we're huge we, they in might Russia. Be tomorrow. We're huge we're everywhere. Huge in Russia. Huge in Russia. So the disaster dads, Eric. Have, Eric they might be tomorrow, depending on how today goes. <laughs> Possibly, yes. Um, the disaster dads have decided to take a little bit of a palate cleanser and not talk about your standard disasters. We're going to talk about the disaster that we're all participating in: the 2016 election. Uh, as you might have guessed, uh, most of the dads are politically motivated and just because of the location of the, the disaster dads it's hard to get out of them so with this episode the dads just want to talk about the elections and we really hope that if you listen to this in the morning and you haven't voted yet that you get out and you vote uh, no matter where you fit on the political spectrum uh, it's important uh, no matter what kind of disaster of election we have it's our own fault and so we need to get out there and vote so that we can take care of it um, it's just this is this Rob is what we've got going on. Almost pissing himself with laughter <laughs> listening to this lecture. So, uh, so we've had a little bit of a longer intro to this, just because it is our palate cleanser, and uh, it's a, a subject that many of us or the disa- the disaster dads are very familiar with. Um, but today, uh, this is your host Eric. Should get that out of the way, and I'm joined by Dan, Rob, and Joe. Uh, disaster dad Frank is out on a boat, so uh, we'll all wave at Frank. And, and again, due to uh, fun scheduling conflicts. The dads are uh, via Skype tonight. Um, again, we do want to get together, and we're going to do another in-person um, live one. So uh, if you're in the area, hit us up at disasterdads.com or visit our website uh, at which is also oh, disasterdads.com or uh, tweet us at disasterdads. Um, you know, share your ideas, what you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we're always looking for. Uh, new topics, new issue areas, and we want to find out um, how close we are to hitting issues that are of interest to you. So, Bullet pointed emails are preferred. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, and if you want to get on our guest list, uh, just let us know that too, and we'll be sure to scratch through that. And um, we're really sorry that uh, Dave Shield wasn't able to join us tonight. Uh, we had a scheduling um, adjustment, and he just wasn't able to make it. The car right. said that he, it was at his house. But um, he wasn't coming out of his door, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But we'll keep working on that. Uber's not as reliable as it used to be. Well, He didn't come out of his house, so I think that means six more weeks of winter. Um, <laughs> we'll keep working on that. But share your ideas with us. Where can we go? What can we look at? Um, this one's going to be kind of hopefully not a one-off, but the dads just needed a little break from a, a quote-unquote real disasters. And so we decided we wanted to still put an episode out there. The timing works for being elections in the United States. And so we just wanted to uh, have a little bit of our own mini uh, political podcast because most of us do listen to those political podcasts and find them highly entertaining. So, And open it up to the, the dads to talk about the disaster election that we're going through right now. All right. Here's my first pet peeve about the election. This could be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> Point one. I'm tired of seeing people freak out about national polls that have – Candidate X at one number and candidate Y at another another number. We Who have candidate X and Y. College. National polls don't matter. 
what matters now is who's going to win the most electoral votes to get to 270 to become president. But so see, the fact that there was a two-point shift in a national poll could potentially mean a lot or potentially mean absolutely nothing. Well, and they've also sampled 1,600 people in a country of 330 million. So well, now, now you're sounding like the wacko because you can get a statistically significant yeah. poll out of a relatively small number of people. But I this, don't think so. There's to, especially this year. There's so much variation yeah. in this country that I think, and I think this even supports your point. A national poll is relatively useless. No, I agree. I think this. Yes, well, no, you I'm can get a statistic. The national poll is not accurate. I'm saying that the national poll doesn't matter. Because it's about because the electoral, of the electoral college. College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I you're mean, the one well, that's doubting social science qu- quantitative methodology. You're not doubting it, but I do kind of get what Joe's saying. I'm it's, such it. I'm, it's such a divisive. It's such a divisive year. You don't trust polls. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I didn't say I don't trust polls. I said I don't trust national polls. Okay. I think that that there is there is the types of questions that are being asked. It. it I just don't. I I don't trust it. You're saying it's rigged, Joe. Yes, yes, he is. It may be rigged. It may be rigged. You know, but I think they give a good flavor of what we're going to possibly see. But I do kind of see what Joe's saying. This this year's election is something that we haven't seen for a long time. Ever. ever, I mean, ever. ever. And so there is a lot of personality that I don't think is going to be caught by all uh, all of the polls that you go out there and you do that. And I mean... Well, right. I mean, our you, counties, our counties have been given right. one poll is never going to. The thing about polling is you want to see trends, right? Yes. And so you're right. One, any poll can be inaccurate. Any one sampling of one poll could be inaccurate. It's just, I think, I think polls are really just a tough one for this year. Well, and well, so, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of people like Nate Silver has talked about how part part of the reason why polling is tough this year is the amount of uncertainty particularly with the number of undecided voters that are out there. So that is certainly a factor, but go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to ask if we could get Nate Silver on the podcast. (laughs) Oh God. Yes. We need some of that excitement on here. We'll work on that. But I think a lot of people are withholding their decision until they actually get into the booth. I mean, or, or whatever they're doing. I, I just, People either don't want to tell I don't, others. I don't think that's true. Really? I think that people just don't want to say who they're going to vote for. Huh. I think that's always been true when it comes to polls. You know, they, you get the question on a, a random Thursday before dinner is ready, and you're just going to, if they, if you decide to go through with the poll, you're, you're just going to say off the cuff what you think of the questions. Well, and again, the that's actually, point, it that's depends actually, on what the questions ask. There's actually been a bunch of studies about that, Robin. Actually, people generally are truthful when they're polled. Now, polls can always be can always have a margin of error, right? So depending on if they get a few extra people in this group or that group, there's always going to be a little up and down. But in terms of polling and political polling in general in the U.S. is a pretty accurate social science. Just curious, have any of you ever actually been poll- called yes. by one of the major polling companies? Yes. Not, not this election. No, I, I was called in 2012 by Quinnipiac. I've never presidential. Oh, I, I, we get called. Well, see, because in my house, my wife and I are split our vote every year and in pretty much every race is, um, 
she's in she's in one political party and I'm right. Um, <laughs> so uh, we get call, we get we get a lot of like push pull calls um, from both sides, and so we always let the other one answer the like the push pull in the opposite view of what they want to hear, just to frustrate the person who's doing the poll, which is always a lot of fun. So you're the one rigging the polls. Yeah, you're yeah, just the one that said that everyone's truthful when they get polls. Should no. we define what a push poll is? Yeah, I have no idea. A push poll is when a group or a political candidate or whatever puts a poll in the field that is designed to have a certain result. Hmm. And so that's why, like, if you look at on 538, when they rate the polls on a grade basis... There are some polls that get horrible ratings and aren't really factored into the 538.com analysis, and that's because they, they're partisan. They're not being done objectively. Joe's Googling it right now on his phone. Do they, Since you're becoming I, our I poll guy. I feel like I should know what a push poll is because I was a political science major in college. But The terms were different back in the day. I've got a question for our poll master Dan. Can you still? I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, agree to that nickname, but go ahead. <laughs> Especially when you put that tinfoil hat on from Space Weather, which was a highly rated helmet. episode. I'm sorry, helmet. I'm sorry, your tinfoil helmet. Um, Respect the PPE. Can you? Wasn't there something to do with when people got rid of landlines that some of those polls were skewed? Like it got harder to do. Well, what what, what they found with with landlines going down is um, response rates have plummeted. So first of all, it's harder to get an accurate sample because there are fewer younger folks with landlines. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's they've started to get certain polling companies have figured out ways to get um, either to do online polling or to get access to cell phones. But there are, but yes, the, the transition to the digital world um, is impacting the ability of uh, polling companies to, you know, Put a standard telephone poll in the field, and I'm just so, an aggressive reader of a couple of political websites. I'm not in any way. I'm not pretending to be in any way a poll expert. Well, you you understand some of the history of the polls and where they're going. I mean, that's why I went with that. Just because, I mean, we don't have a landline. Um, you know, I haven't had a land. Well, technically, it's not a Hashtag landline. Preparedness. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. I've got multiple cell phones. Uh, I did. Uh, I did support the GoTenna campaign, so I'm going to have a way to communicate with other people in the area if uh, cell phone to- towers go down. But you know, so I was just curious, like you know, how are they able to accurately get those younger voters who are now just eligible to vote, get them into a poll, you know, to figure that out? Because the the younger ones, for a while, their younger ones were the ones that would vote, and then they weren't the ones that would vote. So I don't know which way they lean this year, but. I don't know. They Snapchat him or some shit. Who knows? It's it's a downward spiral to a simple Twitter survey is where we're headed. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine if we voted via Twitter? It's just one <laughs> poll that the official U.S. government is just at vote. Please, please do not even float that idea. Just, just edit just, that out. <laughs> it's just at vote. And you just have to go on and click which one you want. And it's only <laughs> open for 24 hours. That would be, um, that would be highly entertaining. That would be horrifying. That's what that would be. It could be horrifying. But since, you know, talking about social media and how all of that, do you think that social media was kind of out in the 2012? I mean, it was there and it was going strong, but it really has hit a whole different level for this election. Has that, has social media made this 
a little more aggressive than it probably would have been, do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, but what you're seeing is, I mean, with Trump especially, you've got a candidate who's basically completely bypassing standard media. Like, when was somebody asked this on Twitter the other day, and I couldn't even tell you. When was the last time Donald Trump answered a question from a reporter? I can't. No idea. August? Uh, yeah, months. You know, maybe around the convention. I mean, it's been a long time. But did he really um, answer the question when that, even back then? Well, that's well, another point, that's right? That's a whole other but, uh, <laughs> uh, In one world, there was an answer, but whether it was translatable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, other than the debates, um, Trump has basically not interacted with any press that he doesn't think he can control. And part of that is his, I mean, his background as, you know, reality TV and sort of overall media, you know, presence, yeah. he, personality. He understands how to drive, you know, make them cover what he wants them to cover. And he's pretty savvy about that. But um, part of it also is just, you know, risk avoidance. He knows that that doesn't play to his base or, or help him that much politically. So he just avoids it. I mean, in 2012 or in certainly pre-2012, you could never do that. I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think either candidate even has uh, a traveling press pool, which yeah. is the first time. Yeah, Clinton, yeah they do. Does Clinton, Clinton have one now? Yeah, they do. Oh, she, yeah, they've yeah, As of August. She did no, not she, as of August. Right. That She's had one now for since August. Okay. Um, they're on the plane. Yeah, because – and for those of you who don't know, so a, a pool is um, all of the major media um, outlets get together and one reporter every day. It is usually one print, one TV, um, and maybe one radio. It depends on how they do yeah. it, um, is with the candidate all day. If they go golfing, if they go to a bookstore, if they go to a campaign event, the the pool travels with them in a car right in the motorcade um, and is there to observe um, at all times. And um, Trump, I do not believe people can fact check me on that. I don't think that Trump has a pool. Well, he did, but then he did that tour of uh, uh, the DC hotel and he tried to bring the pool along for only a selective, uh, not the print pool, just the TV pool well, no, and no. all that. Ha- Having having press follow you around is no, one no, thing. No, but, but they a were pool the pool. Specific thing. No, they were the pool. They were, but he decided not to invite certain parts of the pool. Only the only the camera part, but not the producer that goes with the camera, and uh, not the print part. And so, so, so I don't know if they're still with them, but they they ended yeah. up walking out because like, they didn't follow the, the, the reporters covering Trump. Um, the the overall the whole press contingent that was covering Trump. Um, that normally traveled with him for the third debate, woke up the day of the debate and saw that Trump had flown out that morning to Las Vegas for the third debate. He just <laughs> left his entire press corps behind. I mean, it's just it's just weird. Um, you know, even the I mean, not to say, but the traditional politicians for the vice presidential debate, it was even a little more you know, contentious than I expected it to be and just not as, you know, debatey. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we're in such a weird a cycle word. because traditionally the VP debate is where 
they go for the zingers, right? Like yeah. that's traditionally the mudslinging debate. And then, cause who cares? And then it's the soundbite debate. And then the, the presidential candidates are trying to convince people to vote for them. But this year, you know, with at least a nod towards some sort of policy positions. But I mean, I think overall, I mean, this election has been pretty horrible in terms of, and I'm someone who co- follows it about as closely as you can. Yeah. I couldn't really tell you the last time I saw any coverage of either candidate's policy positions other than like a 20 second soundbite from somebody at a speech, you know, Trump's most infamous lines or something like that. But there's no policy reporting behind yeah. it. I have no idea how he's going to implement any of his stuff. I don't know what Hillary's going to do either. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, so obviously, th- well, God, I shouldn't have said you were right. That's just going to haunt us forever. I'm sorry, That's guys. On he's going to hold that, that over you. Recorded. That yeah, is recorded. forever. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but so let's then take this. We've all voted today. We're all doing this. Is it over? Do you think that after today, we you mean will... the country is the country over? <laughs> or... No, that's just, that's the question. We got we got some gray area on that. Yeah, I mean that's the question. Are we going to have the turducken wucken of a of a country? Uh, are we going to go into Thanksgiving and um, not know if we're going to come out of Thanksgiving? I mean, normally the worst part of Thanksgiving is getting together with the family, which we'll cover with. Uh, Another episode down the road: How to survive family on Thanksgiving, um, and also make an excellent turkey. Here's a hint. Yeah, a little rocks and a little drink. Um, but I mean, will this get over? The, there have been so many. I mean, uh, the best way to say it is just mean statements that have been said. Some very aggressive statements from people in positions of authority, power, whatever you want to call it. But also then just the general public. So after this election, where are we? Do we, I mean, is this going to continue on? Are we going to know what's going on by January 20th? Right. So, I mean, so let's pretend that this is the Thursday before the election and that we're recording it then. So as of that day, that was in the past. Um, at that point, we did not know because he said he would he would not confirm it if Trump would accept the outcome of the election. Um, and if people are listening to this Tuesday morning and he loses Tuesday night, they still don't know. Right. So remember, in 2012, I think Obama didn't go on to speak until like 1230 or one in the morning. Like it was late. Yeah. Because he was waiting for Romney to go out and give his concession speech. And what I had, I had read at the time and what was pretty widely reported was, you know, Romney's crew was not – remember in 2012 there was that whole unskew the polls movement that, again, you know, people like Joe who don't believe in public polls uh, <laughs> were saying that uh, the polling was biased against Romney and uh, – so there was that there was even like unskewthepolls.com or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But um, so Rom- what was widely reported at the time was Romney's campaign was completely caught off guard when they actually lost basically what the polls were saying he would lose by. Um, and he did not have a concession speech written, which 
Um, That's poor planning. Well, it's actually for anybody who's ever worked in politics is shocking. You always have two speeches. What's the West Wing quote? You don't uh, you just you put... don't want to tr- tempt the wrath of the whatever high atop the thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been reaching for so many West Wing quotes in the past ten minutes. It's disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I only knew that because Dan put it on Facebook a few days ago. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, I I would be shocked if. Well, I don't know if Trump has ever written has had a prepared text ever, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but not really. Uh, and the idea that he has. Like one of his speechwriters, which, by the way, talk about the worst job ever. But um, uh, they still get having, the royalties for the books that they wrote for him. I'm right. Somebody, but somebody putting together like, oh, oh, Mr. Trump, here's a few thoughts for in case you lose the election on Tuesday. Why are you strangling me? Uh, like that's not going to happen. So I don't think that you're going to see like a contrite. Trump come out at 11 o'clock if like he loses Ohio and it's over. Um, But see, I I'm going to be fascinated by and we said it at the beginning, the Electoral College. There have been some uh, members of the Electoral College of their states that say, you know, that they're not going to possibly follow. In some states, they don't have to. It's they can vote as they some states. They don't have to. But in in most states, they do. Do I know but. have to follow, but here it's not going to happen. The, the, the constitutional the college. I mean, if, if there was ever a time when that was going to happen, it would have been in 2000 in Bush v. Gore and it didn't. So, um, in much the same way that elections are not rigged in this country because they're decentralized. And it's ridiculous to think that they are, Joe. Um, <laughs> there was a the, great elections are rigged, and I don't and, trust public and polling. He doesn't trust public polls. There was a great thing someone figured and out. Chemtrails how... are just spreading gut, spreading government chemicals right. everywhere. Someone, <laughs> you don't know, someone, just you breathe deep. You're someone wrong, figured wrong out host. how many buses it would take to get from to bring people from New York to Philly to like rig the election and. and Pennsylvania and it was like that would be a line of buses that's like 52 miles long and this and that people would notice that happening so it's tough to rig elections it was that someone did all the math based off of some figures that were spouted by some talking heads on how you you just well here's the other thing you need to be registered to vote somewhere in order to vote somewhere yeah theory plus the layers of election officials that are there at a single polling place. There's been articles about that going out as to representatives from each party who are there basically watching each other. Then there's attorneys and other layers watching those observers. It's yeah, so I'm, I'm with that. Curious, how many of you guys are concerned about the unofficial watchers at polling highly, places? Highly. First of all, if you're thinking about going to like look for troublemakers because your candidate told you to go watch for to go and observe yeah uh the election um there's a word for that it's called voter intimidation law enforcement tends to take a fairly stern view towards it um it can be a federal crime i would not recommend doing that 
In fact, I would say don't. Uh, That's a bold statement. I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys. Hot take. Don't intimidate voters. Yeah. Um, Also, vaccinate your kids. But uh, that was supposed to be the topic for tonight. But anyway. Who knew that there was going to be seven games in the World I Series know. and I know. that it yeah. would go to the ninth inning? There was – I'm – Dear Four listeners, we weren't able to actually prepare. We had a great podcast prepared, but then we lost our subject matter expert because don't, the world don't show how the sausage is made. Just well, and we know about it. We know as much about vaccinating kids as we do about election politics. So this is this is good. <laughs> tonight is is the intimidation dance talking about going to happen? Probably. Yes. I think yeah, in I think in I think in certain areas where. Um, where Trump has been pretty aggressive about pushing it, you could see it. I think Philadelphia, he's called out numerous times. I think um, there are other places where people who are prone to do dumb things think about acting on it. By the way, guys, we have five minutes left. Five, <laughs> minutes. five minutes left. Someone's got to keep time here, so I got appreciate it. that. But like Dan was saying, it, it is taken seriously. You know, law enforcement is not going to take that lightly. I'm sure there's been multiple agencies that have been prepping for and alerting to that already. But so I don't want to end on a like a horrible note. So take all this, take all this in, and just think about this. I'm fairly certain that as a country, we will survive this election. It has been a very difficult two-year cycle. Could go either way, really. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'll be the positive one here. I'll be the positive one in in our Brady Bunch square. The Cubs just won yesterday. When day breaks next Wednesday. uh, So hell has frozen over. I'll just point that out. (laughs) Hell has, in fact, frozen over. You're letting your Catholic guilt get to you, Joe. God damn. In in the end run, I'm positive. There's going to be a lot of attention grabbing in the weeks after the election. We're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're going to wake up. Everybody's going to sober up. We'll be fine. It's it's been a very tough cycle. I think it's going to be tough after the election, but we're gonna it's going to set a direction and things will go forward and we'll show that you know we can, we can make it through just about anything. I, I really my my ultimate hope is is this is not a precedent for the next election because I can't take this every cycle. This, I mean, I'd this like is... to think we've hit our peak with this one. Again, I'm being positive. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Here's the problem that I see. You know, you've got this one major political party candidate saying that the system is rigged, that there are problems with voting irregularities and all this other stuff. Um, depending on how he does, he's not necessarily going away. No, and no one expects that. I mean, oh no, he's not going away at all. He's just going to you know, resurface in some another attention. Yeah. And I mean, and if he wins, you know, then Hillary's going to, she's not really going to go away either, but she's going to take on a different role. She'd take a much more muted role than he would. And, you know, the post-election cycle, if she didn't win, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that this doesn't set a precedence for the next presidential election and that we can, 
as much as we all railed on politics before this cycle, you know, let's maybe get back to that. Let's get just back to normal, just disliking each other's party rather than the uh, vicious cycle that we've been having now. So I'm, I'm hoping for Rob's positive, uh, you know, positive outlook on all of this. So um, the quote, the quote that I looked up before I started playing uh, other podcasts on our podcast was um, there's a, a great and by great, I mean, not that great um, manager of the Boston Red Sox named Lou Gorman about 20, 25 years ago. And, uh, Whenever he, the, the Sox would lose a game and reporters would come in and start freaking out and asking him about what he was going to do to right the ship and all of that, he just kind of sigh and his quote was, the sun will set, the sun will rise, and tomorrow I'll eat lunch. I like lunch. Those are my, those are my deep thoughts to live by as we wind down. Thank you very much for that, Jack Handy. Yeah, We're winding down our, our Disaster Dad Sorbet. Uh, the palate cleanser of regular disasters filled in with just uh, this has kind of been a disaster uh, of a, a podcast, so we'll just go with that. But so no, do uh, do any of the other dads have anything they want to end on? We've got lunch quote from Dan, Joe, Rob, anything? Do you want to tie this back to a canceled NBC television show, Eric? Go. Ooh, there are so many good ones. I've been lately thinking about the canceled Fox shows. I'm really missing. Um, uh, Firefly. That was a good one. Oh, great show. That was a great show. All right. I believe, it, I believe it's on Netflix. Oh, it is. please. I have the box set. Didn't you know? I've got that to go with. But um, with all of that, you, the the disaster dads really do want to thank you for joining us. This is a, a random one-offish episode for us. Um, it's you know coming out on election day. Please, if you're listening to this the day that it drops, please get out and vote. Um, if you're listening to this the day after the election day and the day after it drops, depending on where you are, get out and vote. Um, you know, it's important. Depending to, on where you are, are there places you can go vote the day after election day? Uh, sure, why not? Anything can happen this cycle. I'm not. You mean there's not late voting? There's early voting. There's not late voting. Yeah, I thought that's how it worked. Um, vote early and vote often. So you know we uh, we hope you've enjoyed our ramblings and. Uh, want to thank you for uh, continuing to listen to us. So always check back with us every other Tuesday. You can get a new episodes. Um, I believe next time we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving preparedness and uh, all the way around from uh, dealing with the family to dealing with the turkey to making sure that your turkey's fully uh, thawed and doesn't explode in your backyard because you deep fry it because, hey, we're all country boys every now and then. Gotta hit the deep fryer. Oh, yeah. That's, that is a federal law that if you're going to talk about Thanksgiving safety, you you've got to talk that, about exploding turkeys. And show that video. Um, so, again, uh, visit us, disasterdads.com. Follow us on Twitter at disasterdads. Uh, give us your thoughts. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us, and we really want to thank you for joining us. So for all the dads, this is Eric saying thank you. and um... I'll do it. <laughs> all right, Dan, it's all yours. We don't have a tagline. Sorry, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> we panic, so you don't have to. Good night. Night all.